0: petersfield's shine radio growing together with claire venice and steve amos on petersfield's shine radio hello and thanks for joining us in growing together i'm claire venice and i'm joined by steve amos good afternoon hello steve nice to see you again you well I am, thank you. How are you? I'm all right,
1: thank you. We ventured
0: outside. We, we're slowly, <laughs> <laughs> each month, well, taking little steps. I say steps. outside.
1: We're a foot outside of my shed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we are. But it's nice to be outside. We were hoping, weren't we, last month that we would be outside of your shed.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm surprised and... we're not in hat, gloves, and scarves. Actually, it's not cold. It's, it's not, is it? No, it's all right.
0: It's lovely, yeah. and there's birds. You can hear birdsong. There's things growing. It's it's got that lovely kind of beginning spring. Yeah, have you the noticed
1: air. things growing? I have. The weeds.
0: Yeah, I just noticed
1: them there. Don't don't say that. I'm weed-free here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I tried to be.
0: No, there are things growing, And, you know, it's exciting. It's an exciting time of year. It's crazy, though, isn't it? The the weather
1: is just bonkers. I mean, with the storms. Eunice and Franklin.
0: Yeah, one after the other. What a couple. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to ask you, actually, was there an awful lot of damage here on the allotments?
1: Well, you can't... If you cast your eyes to your right, there's a light blue shed over there. Uh, It was smashed, it was literally levelled but um, I know uh, the young lady whose shed it is, her dad came up and have resurrected the shed but just below that is a greenhouse which I have to say is beyond resurrection, it's trashed, absolutely trashed and we've had a couple of sheds over on the other field, one on its roof, completely on its roof. Um, another couple on their sides a couple of fruit cages gone a couple of other greenhouses have gone from the inside out the wind's got in and just popped every pane of glass yeah really yeah well no. we're quite exposed here where we sat now isn't because we've got the, the the hedge line around us but on the other field certainly i think the wind must have come across because on the top of the hill there is where the most damage has occurred so it's obviously come across and picked the sheds up for fun and toppled them over so horrendous, horrific weather really, but hey, what can you do? I, I dodged it and drove to North Wales with my girls.
0: Did you? <laughs> I
1: know. I went to see my dad.
0: Which day did you travel? Friday. On the Friday, yeah. gosh.
1: Yeah, well, we, we took the decision that the storm was tracking northeast and we were traveling northwest, so we thought we were going to be all right. And I drive a Volvo, you know, safest car in the world why not we went for it and a five and a half hour journey only took us eight and a half hours
0: goodness me
1: yeah we had karaoke and all sorts going on it was great fun (laughs) well
0: i know where to go next time there's a storm then (laughs) you'd go to
1: north wales yeah because it's 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 never windy on anglesey my goodness yeah it wasn't
0: fun was it not at all
1: no it was it was weird because obviously up up on anglesey it's windy all the time and i was talking to one of my dad's neighbors and i was saying how little debris there was on the roads and what have you compared to where we were down here because well it's always windy here steve you know a 50 60 mile an hour wind up here is kind of normal you know and you get it all the time that's why the trees grow at a jaunty angle up on anglesey but you know when we get it down here any deadwood or any branch that's maybe is losing the will to live in a storm like that will just come down and i know we had unprecedented winds didn't we on mm. friday mm. Was it 122 miles an hour yeah down we'll on the see, needles
0: yes and certainly isle of wight it yeah. was yeah now that's
1: big wind substantial wind that's us style wind yeah. isn't it you know, but, but, you know we're not used to it
0: no we're not and, and actually great that some of the uh, you know greenhouses have stayed put i'm looking at a couple now
1: yeah no they've done all right and we got away really lightly i've literally lost one perspex panel off my lean-to and that's it but it was old it was 10 years old nearly so Actually, to get away with just that and a bit of covering blown onto my neighbour's plot, we've done all right.
0: Yeah, you've okay. Yeah. And I noticed there's a gentleman, we spoke about him last month, who'd already put his his poles in the ground. Well, you can his see twidons. them here. He's lost there.
1: nothing. Everything is perfectly straight. His shed's still there. His fruit cage is there. And, well, as I said to you last month, those bean poles ain't going nowhere. No, they... they-
0: and they haven't, good for him, lots of growing to come absolutely so what's new on the allotment here then, how have things been? well
1: as you saw when we came in through the gates there were a couple of bags of sand
0: a couple of bags (laughs) (laughs) these aren't small bags either Steve, how many bags of sand have you got? well I
1: have four cubic metres of sand so I was hoping when we finish this, you might give me a hand with a wheelbarrow.
0: Really? Okay. Didn't warn me about no? that. No? Okay,
1: okay. Yeah, so my, my kids said I have a beach full of sand, which um, is going into those barrels and those boxes at the end of the plot there. I think I might have a little bit left over, so I'm going to redo my original boxes as well and refill those. Okay. So we're going to have more carrots and more parsnips <laughs> than you can shake a stick at this year. It's going to be good.
0: That's brilliant. Yeah,
1: yeah I'm very excited. So
0: Project Carrot is to so very much go.
1: It's go, 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 and I need to get the barrels filled soon because I usually plant the carrots and parsnips mid-March, so I've got a week or two really to get that done.
0: Is that a bit late for parsnips? Because I've planted parsnips in February
1: before. Yeah, people do. Mm. I, I've i always found parsnips really tricky to germinate. I don't know what it is, but I've always found them hard. And I think just leaving it a little bit longer it's a little bit warmer and I get a little bit better success with them. So, and in nature, everything catches up with itself. You know, and if you're just growing for the table, no dramas at all. Obviously the big growers have been chitting parsnips for months and have have got them in their barrels and they're already a foot tall, you know, uh, with the the foliage, but you know, as, as small time growers and people that just grow for fun and for the table, yeah. If in doubt, just leave it a couple of weeks. Don't be in a rush.
0: That's good to know because right. I know they get yeah, parsnips do need a, a long they growing. Long. They time, do, don't they? they but do. I suppose but there's no hurry to dig them out the ground. Exactly,
1: exactly. I was just going to say, you know, you can still dig parsnips now. Parsnips can still be in the ground now, really, from last year's sowing because they like a bit of frost. People say they sweeten up a bit after a bit of frost. We've had a bit of frost, haven't we?
0: A little bit, yeah. it has been quite mild. It's been,
1: but we've been yeah. lucky, haven't we? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, weird though. I like to have a bit of a bit more frost and a bit more, maybe some snow, but I don't know if we're going to see that this year. Well,
1: I, I don't know. I don't know, I'm not a weatherman. I like to think I am and predict what's going to happen. But, you know, I think I said to you a few weeks ago, I got caught out a couple of years ago with my dahlias. I'd planted the dahlias and one of, our, one of my neighbours said, oh, you know, there's a heavy frost coming. I thought, no, there's not. I and mean, this was late April. Yeah, yeah, no, next week it meant to be minus four. I was like, no. And I went home and looked at the weather forecast, and sure enough, minus four on the Wednesday night. So I was panicking big time because, you know, being the dahlia geek that I am, I was terrified that my babies were all going to die. But I managed to make a, a, a tent for them. So they went camping for a couple of nights, which was good fun. <laughs> Save
0: them.
1: Up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, we're talking to
0: dahlias, yeah? how are they coming along? Are They're you all right? Yeah. Yeah, good. yeah are we
1: doing all right. The first signs of life on the, the. So I've got a heat bench. Mm-hmm. that I put the ones I want to propagate in trays. You know the mushroom trays? The veg man on the market on a Saturday is more than happy to give those away if you fancied any, because they're waste. They just get binned. So walk down the high street, much to my kid's absolute horror, with a pile of a dozen trays in front of me. You know, just inch, inch or two of compost on the bottom of those, bit of paper on the bottom, inch or two of compost, clear up the dahlias, the tubers, put them in there just with the crowns showing, keep them moist and they start shooting within a couple of weeks some take longer than others so don't panic if you if you are potting them up and hoping for shoots within a week some take a few weeks especially if you haven't got a heat bench so. but you
0: can still do that yeah of course you can
1: yeah, still you can. yeah, yeah. No, absolutely yeah. you know, get them out now definitely get them out have a look at them go through them cut out the rotten bits and as long as there's a sort of a finger sized bit of crown attached to the tuber you should be good to go
0: that's exciting. I
1: know. It's great.
0: <laughs> I've got some seedlings coming up, actually. because I've oh, I, I planted dahlias again this year. Oh, you um, said you were seed. doing it from
1: seed. Yes. Yeah. Right, right, okay I've got
0: two varieties. Yep. And both have, are coming up. Both are germinating. Yep, good. And they're on a windowsill yep. in my front room, led by a radiator. So I like to think that's a bit of heat source. Definitely. Uh, they get the sun if the sun's coming yeah, yeah. to them in the afternoon. So, yeah, are they about an inch, inch and a half.
1: Well, don't leave them mill? inside too long. Right. Because, like anything, they'll get leggy.
0: I am concerned about that because yeah. they are starting to start and sort of bend a little bit. Yeah, a bit. no, toughen them up. Okay.
1: Give them a bit of tough love.
0: Should I keep them in the seed tray? Because they're all in seed trays at the moment. Or should I pop them into their if, individual pots? If
1: they're big enough to handle, I would put them in three-inch pots now. Okay. You know, definitely prick them out. And the mix I use for potting on, I just use a general-purpose compost, peat-free if you want to. It depends what you can get hold of. But then cut that down with three scoops to one scoop of perlite or vermiculite. and It just loosens it up and the the roots find it easier to get through. They don't get waterlogged as much. Just as much room, if you like, in amongst the compost. So it's quite a free flowing mix of compost that I use for potting on
0: oh that's a handy tip thank you very much i try
1: (laughs) but no that's what i would do and give them a bit of tough love obviously you don't keep them out in the frost because they will just die but maybe if you've got a greenhouse or a sheltered spot in the garden put a bit of cloche over them but start toughening them up definitely
0: i've started to do that actually with my sweet peas Ah. because they've been in i've got a sort of a lean-to greenhouse it's not very big but it it works fine for growing seeds in so they've been growing there from the the get-go actually and now i am bringing them out Mm -hmm popping them outside during the day because they're really hardy and actually a couple of years ago I had sweet peas growing in the garden as I always do and they self-seeded so yes, they, do, they yeah. germinated on the ground oh, they yeah. over the winter so I, they, I know they can survive I wouldn't leave them out over a frost maybe at it's the not,
1: moment, not but... as young as they are at the moment but mm. I think they could I'm no expert as you know keen amateur as I keep telling you but I think they certainly take a little bit of cold as I've said about the dahlias, toughen them up a bit. As long as they don't get burnt by the frost or eaten by the mice, it'll toughen them up a bit. Because I sowed some for my friend in his greenhouse, just a cold greenhouse, and they're all up. Are they? Yeah, so there was no heat involved at all. From in seed? Germ- yeah, from seeds, yeah. And that was, I sowed them. They took a bit longer to come up than mine did without the, the bottom heat, but they're all up and looking really healthy. They probably look tougher than mine, if anything, because we were brought up in cold conditions.
0: So when, yeah, so when do you take the heat off yours? Then? Oh they're off
1: now, oh, they're, off, yeah, they're, okay. they're only on for a couple of weeks to get them germinated and get them going and then, then they're off. So I do three stages with my propagation, so I've got the covered propagator which is obviously a nice humid environment, then once they've had that and they're up they go onto the heat bench and then from that into the, the greenhouse which has got a frost protector on it, so it just keeps the heat just above the freezing mark, and it seems to work it works for me well
0: absolutely as we know with
1: gardening, there's no <laughs> definitive right or wrong answer is there i think it's, it's what works for you isn't exactly it? everyone yeah. has their
0: own little exactly. methods yeah, and their yeah, own yeah. Little ways of doing things yeah. so what else are you growing what else have you got coming up
1: so i had a good planting session the other day because my seed orders finally arrived ah
0: great <laughs> although
1: not all the seed potatoes are here yet which i'm a bit worried about but again i'm sure we'll catch up with ourselves so what, what have we got in the covered propagator at the moment i've got some chilies The aubergines are out, so the aubergines are just on bottom heat now. Um, First lot of tomatoes are just on bottom heat. I've got the second lot of tomatoes in the cupboard. They've just started coming up. Um, Cucumbers, two varieties. They've just started showing themselves over the last couple of days. So they'll come out of that pretty quickly because they get leggy very quickly. What else have we got? Oh, some marigolds. I've I've grown some giant marigolds this year. Mm. So about 60, 70 centimetres high, apparently. Brilliant. So I can't remember what variety they are, but they look quite good fun. What else did I flower-wise? Oh, anti I So some anti antirhinums the other day. They've not shown any sign yet, but they're they're doing okay. Hopefully
0: on their way. Yeah, and a yeah. second lot
1: of um, onions, which is a bit late, but I always panic. Are they looking okay? Are they looking okay? But to be fair, I think I said last time, I potted the onions on a couple of weeks ago, and they're, they're looking strong, but just just in case. There's a bit of a fallback, just in case. I've planted a second lot, which are all up and out of the covered propagator now. Okay. They're in, on the bottom here. Ooh, so, lots going on there. yeah no it's, it's it's busy and then i've got a pile of seeds about four inches high ready to go sort of in the next couple of weeks really so the rest of the flowers beans you know all sorts of starts going in sort of mid to end of march early april yeah it's a very exciting time
0: it is the time isn't yeah. it like how about you what, what you what have you sown so far <laughs> so i'm not as far as advanced as, as you are but i have got got the the dahlias. I've got my tomatoes. I'm only growing some tumbling tom tomatoes okay. this year because I like to put them in hanging baskets. i was going to say you put them in baskets. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I've done that for a number of years. I love them. Mm. I actually prefer tomatoes in hanging baskets than I do flowers. Okay. And I love it. You just walk past them, out the door, grab a couple like they're sweets and pop them in your Absolutely. mouth.
1: Absolutely tiny tomatoes, aren't they? Yeah, they're the little other little, other little yeah. cherries, yeah, yeah. little
0: cherry ones. They're gorgeous. And actually, when when my girls were little, they used to stand underneath the hanging baskets when we watered them. Oh right. In the a hot summer yeah, yeah and they'd have a shower
1: a water shower <laughs> a tomato water shower not
0: their only shower Ooh, yeah. <laughs> but they used to love doing that so i've got fond memories of that
1: i grew a tomato variety one year called sweet million hundreds of tiny cherries a bit like the same sort of size as tumbling tom but you grow them in a cordon style and the trusses must each truss must have had 30 or 40 tomatoes on it Yum. but they're all sort of centimetre in diameter mm. they're all tiny little tomatoes but super sweet I was
0: gonna say, lovely and yeah, sweet yeah, yeah. really gorgeous yeah and
1: I'm growing three varieties this year the go-to gardeners delight is a cherry absolutely bomb-proof inside outside whatever you want to do and then my two show varieties I'm growing um, a perro which went really well last year which is like a, a cherry plum um, not quite as elongated as a plum but more plum like than round and then a variety called Maisie which is a fairly bomb-proof show variety as well, but try and get the balance between flavour for the table and form for the show bench. It's a new one for me, the Maisie, but it, all the write-ups are really good on it, so I thought I'd give it a go.
0: Do you grow these in your greenhouse or do yeah. you bring them out?
1: No, in the greenhouse. Greenhouse, okay. Yeah, the ones for the show, all in the greenhouse. Mm. Um, that's the same with the cucumbers. I don't grow any cucumbers outside. You know, if you've got, you don't have to grow Stuff in the greenhouse, you know, like your tumbling toms and the gardener's delight, they're quite happy outside in a sheltered spot. But um, as you know, up here it's not particularly sheltered. Well, no, so if you've got a greenhouse, which I'm lucky to have, yeah, I'd grow them in a the greenhouse.
0: Have you ever grown the great big beef tomatoes? I'd love to try and grow them. I those. haven't. Okay,
1: my dad has what he got one last year, it was sort of a pound and a half in weight. Wow, it was a whopper,
0: brilliant! It Did it taste like nice? Absolute
1: monster, I don't know. Don't oh you <laughs> didn't let you try it well, I'm not a massive fan <laughs> of tomato raw tomatoes I have them in sauces and not just tomato sauce but you know tomato sauces but the sweet cherry tomatoes I quite happily pop a couple of those in as you say when, you, when you're passing mm. they're, they're, they're really nice aren't they yeah but lovely as a sliced tomato yeah.
0: oh okay no that's interesting not for me that's that and mushrooms okay
1: mushrooms the devil's food oh
0: no <laughs> I mushrooms. i've never grown them have you well obviously you probably haven't grown no, them. I haven't, no
1: i haven't no because i don't like them but um i know one of the guys just just over the way there he had a go he got some some spores and and grew some mushrooms in a in a bed and they went really well so Isn't oyster okay. oyster mushrooms i think they were they really good lovely i'm sure they tasted okay. foul but. No. <laughs>
0: Oh they were delicious. Yeah I'm sure. If you like that sort of thing. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Yeah well I might cheat this year and buy a couple of tomato plants from the garden centre. I've grown loads of tomatoes in the past and I just don't have the space so I think I'm just going to choose a couple of different varieties. Yeah
1: well why not you know the initial hard work has been done hasn't it you Mm -hmm. know and they're a strong healthy plant you don't have the worry of them you know are they going to make it they're not going to make it. Pop them on into a bigger pot or put them in a grow bag or put them in the bed and away they go don't they? It's a lot easier.
0: So you mentioned your potatoes they're on the way
1: <laughs> Still on the way apparently I think I mentioned I grew Anya potatoes last year for the first time which were delicious absolutely beautiful but the whole seed crop has failed this year There's <gasps> none available no. no none available at all
0: Oh no because you were really looking for Yeah I know it was
1: yeah I was gutted absolutely gutted I got a little note from the from the place I was buying the Anya potatoes from and really sorry but the crops failed So I did a bit of research and have gone for a variety called Jazzy
0: Okay. Yes, I've heard of those. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, Martin, my dear neighbour, tutted and frowned and sucked his teeth a little bit when I mentioned jazzy potatoes, because he he'd struggled with them a couple of years ago and hadn't bothered since. So, we shall see. Okay. Yes. Big old go home. I've just got a tray of jazzy potatoes for my uh, for my salad potato. So we'll see. We've got till Easter, <laughs> haven't we? Well, I I plant my potatoes Easter weekend. You can plant start planting first earlies now, in a, in a sheltered spot as long as they don't get frosted and what have you. But I wait till Easter. Just do them all at the same time.
0: And it's the same, I suppose, with the parsnips. You just dig them up when you need exactly. them. There's no like hard and fast date of when they no. have to be no. dug up. The
1: trouble is, you know, in an exposed spot, you, you can be very susceptible to a frost. You know, even a mild frost on tender potato plants will kill them off quite quickly because there's all water.
0: Now we're coming to the end of the bare root season. Yes. Just about this month you can get bare roots. Get away with it. Yeah. Just just about.
1: about. Yeah. because I mean, I planted some the other day, actually, some some raspberry canes, and the the buds were definitely on the move. So, yeah, get them in now, 100%. Get them in. Get them in now, absolutely. And our resident expert, Phil which I know you've had a little chat with. Yeah, no, he, he's our tree guy, beavering away over there with some rootstock now, actually.
0: Well, there's never a dull moment on the Adhurst Estate allotments, and I've come to record a growing together with Steve Amos, and I've met with Phil Paolo. Phil, can you tell us a little bit more about what you do here?
2: Hi there, yeah, I'm, I'm involved with some local tree planting projects. So I work with the the Petersfield Tree Wardens and we're also setting up a community tree nursery here at the Adhurst estate so kind of through the support of Steve and the the association here they provide a little bit of space where we can do some tree growing Um, because obviously a lot of the local councils including petersfield and east hants have all got tree strategies and they're looking to increase their tree cover and to address some of the issues that we've got with climate change so we're, we're getting lots of volunteers to do lots of tree planting in the local area and this is kind of working in line with the uh, tree location survey and the iTree report that was produced by the Peterson Society recently identifying locations within the town where we could plant more trees. So I'm quite excited because we've got planting events coming up. So we've got one on the 26th of March which is going to be happening at the Rams Hill estate.
0: And these events are tree planting events. So you're asking for volunteers who'd like to come along to help.
2: That's right. So the the planting that's going on at Rams Hill is being sponsored by the Rams Hill Residents Association and they're going to be creating a mini orchard for residents on the estate there in one of the open spaces.
0: Sounds great. How many trees are you hoping to plant and what varieties?
2: We're hoping to plant 10 orchard trees at Ramsill. So we've had some funding from a local grant scheme to plant 10 trees. And we're going to be looking to plant some heritage, um, apple varieties, some damsons, and some gauges as well, some green gauges.
0: If someone's listened to this and they'd like to get involved or come along to help plant the trees, how can they get in contact with you?
2: We'd love to have volunteers. People would like to come and get involved with some of the the tree planting. If they'd like to contact me directly, the activities I do are through a small local environmental enterprise called Future Shoots, and you can get all of my contact details through the website, which is www.futureshoots.org.uk, and you can find all the details on the website.
0: And now you mentioned also that you're putting some trees here at the Adhurst Estate allotments. How many trees are you hoping to plant here?
2: Well, what we're hoping to do here at Adhurst, because of all the the local tree planting that's going on in the area, we thought it'd be really great if we could grow trees locally for local projects in Petersfield. So we've decided to set up a community tree nursery where we can grow a lot of our own trees from seed and from cuttings. And then those trees can be used across Petersfield for various projects. So we're right at the beginning of the project and we're just setting up some of the infrastructure we've been lucky to have some volunteers who are doing their Duke of Edinburgh award and they've been referred down through PECAN um, which is another local environmental organisation and we've just started planting some of our trees which we're going to grow on until they're slightly bigger size so they can be used across Petersfield. We've got aspirations to grow quite a large number of trees. At the moment I've got around about 6,000 trees on site that are going to be used for various projects in the local area but we're hoping we can grow a lot more in future years
0: that's a lot of trees to start off with are they bare root trees this time of year then
2: they are so the majority of the ones that we've got they're all they're kind of bare root hedging so they're all reasonably small so the plan is that we'll use some for local projects now but then we'll also grow some on so that they get slightly larger and they can be used in future years because we've we've got quite a small window of time to be planting this year up until the end of march for our bare rooted stock
0: clock is ticking. Now Phil you also have uh, an allotment space here as well how long have you gardened at the allotments?
2: I've been here for a couple of years now it's a bit embarrassing because my my plot's next door to the chairman's and obviously his always looks very good and at the moment my fruit cage is falling down following the heavy winds so it's always quite nice that I've got something to aspire to looking to Steve's to Steve's plot on the other side uh, so I was badly positioned unfortunately but yeah it's a, it's a bit of a work in progress but I'm I'm kind of more of a a messy gardener, if you like, rather than a formal gardener.
0: <laughs> creative. Yeah. It's great creative. <laughs> Brilliant to bump into. Thank you very much for telling us great. about the projects coming up.
2: Yeah, and hopefully we'll get some volunteers to come and help us with the tree planting.
0: Interesting project. What else can people be getting on with? Well,
1: there's all sorts at the moment. I, I mentioned in my article the other day about um, rhubarb. The house I'm renting at the moment, I've inherited three lovely big crowns of rhubarb, which started coming up, and a couple of years ago I was introduced to forced rhubarb. I think some people call it champagne rhubarb or pink rhubarb. So I thought I'd give that a go. So I've got a big, like a tree pot, and I've turned that upside down over one of the crowns, and it's probably half as big again as the other stuff, and looking really good, so I think it's quite close to harvest things. So early rhubarb is good to go now. The last of your brassicas, sort of your, your sprouts, pretty much the last knockings for sprouts and we've already mentioned you know again parsnips really mm. last last knock for parsnips but uh,
0: yeah i've got a few leeks as well yeah oh i got, can see you have uh, too you know, i've got a couple of, nice. of leeks
1: there ready to go they need to come up now really they're looking a bit tatty so i'll probably dig them up this weekend and get them frozen down to use in soups or, yeah, or potato soup oh.
0: actually i tend to leave some leeks in the ground because i like them to go to seed
1: oh they look lovely because they, they look really pretty yeah but yeah. They, they look like the, the allium flowers don't they they're very very pretty they're
0: gorgeous yes. and then they self-seed over my garden and then they pop up You've again next year yeah <laughs> <laughs> I have a tendency to do that. I like to do that. Well, Let things roam free a little.
1: That's it, isn't it? And as we said before, there's no right or wrong way of gardening, is there? It's what suits you and what you enjoy doing. And I know Phil is calls himself an untidy gardener. I don't think he's untidy. I just he's just organic in the way he does things. You know, if that happens to grow well there, that's where it grows. Whereas I'm a bit geeky about my beds and I like things to be in just one place. I don't like them spread out all over the place. I like to know where stuff is so I can keep control of it. There you go. Not that I'm control freak, honest. <laughs> it's
0: a confession there. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> but that's what's so great about these allotments and, and how people garden. You're right. I liked things a bit haphazard. I mix flowers with vegetables and tend to let things go a little bit wild, whereas other people, you know, like a little bit neater. Yeah, but you
1: can get away with it, can't you? Because then if there's something that may look like a weed in a place that you didn't want the weed, or what, what, what's the definition of a weed? Is a plant in the wrong place? place, isn't it? You know, so actually you could just get away from it, they're not weeds, they're just my organic gardening, it's just (laughs) this self-seeded weeds.
0: That's it. (laughs) Well actually talking of that, we've got a little bit of grass in a sort of side garden, it's a small space, but we let that go wild last year because we wanted to get some more pollinators in the garden, Uh, we let our lawn grow a little bit longer, didn't cut it quite as frequently, but this side garden was brilliant. And, and had all sorts of weeds, sort of natural flowers yeah. growing in it, but actually I'm considering going a step further this year yep. and I might take the turf off completely Okay. and sow some wildflowers, okay. which I might be a little bit late in doing, but I'm hoping that this is sort of approximately the time of year where I can get away with it.
1: Well, rather than cut out the grass, why don't you leave the grass and there's a couple of varieties of plant that you can sow that are parasitic on grass. A Yellow rattle is a good one. You can sow it... Just r- roughly rake the grass, sow the yellow rattle seed on it and then eventually that will kill off the grass and allow more space for your wildflowers. Ooh. So rather than take the grass out, leave the grass there, sow some yellow rattle over it.
0: Rake it through, get r- all the yeah. moss and what yeah, yeah. out of it. And
1: just get somewhere for the seed to settle. Maybe there's a bit of compost over the top of it. See what happens. Give that it a go. Sounds like
0: less hard work, actually, well, exactly. to be fair. I wasn't yeah. looking forward to digging that. No, all. no, no. <laughs> Honestly.
1: I'm all for less hard work. Yes. As you can see by my four ton bags of uh, sand. Don't know why right. I did
0: it. It is a good project. Okay, well, that's brilliant. That's a brilliant help. Thank you. I will try that. Then. We
1: sowed some a couple of years ago here on a couple of areas that we were trying for wildflower patches, and it works. It's, the yellow rattle's come up. It's quite a pretty little flower, actually.
0: Is that is that something you do here at the allotment You have areas where you let just go. Yeah, that's what and we, we we and try
1: well. to do. Um, we've got a couple of areas that are you know for wildflowers. Um, last year we let the grass grow in the orchard, and we actually had a couple of scything courses down here, and a, a lady's sort of taken on the, the mantle of the custodian of the orchard, and a couple of them have got their own scythes and we're not going to mow the orchard anymore and we're going to sow some more wildflower seed but there's quite a lot of sort of ecology going on over there and Phil was sort of talking to us about it as our environmental officer that you know in the sort of the tuffets of the grass underneath the, the thatch if you like a lot of vole life and that sort of stuff which then supports you know, some more predators you have foxes and what have you and the raptors I mean one day here I saw kestrels sparrowhawk buzzards and red kites you know so the ecology around here has got to be good to support that many raptors
0: that's brilliant
1: yeah no it's really really good and then to the area down by the stream we've taken away a lot of the brambles and we had a lot of himalayan balsam down there which we've pulled over the last couple of years and that's almost reduced to zero last year which was fantastic and it's amazing what naturally just appears You know, stuff that's been in the ground dormant for years, you know, once it's given the light and given the space to grow, we had quite a show of wildflower down there. It was lovely. That
0: sounds gorgeous. Yeah,
1: no, it is beautiful down there. We'll have to do recording down there in the summer. The trickle of water in the background. It
0: sounds idyllic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, we're lucky here on the site because, you know, we've got so much variety of of space. There's the open spaces, there's the cultivated spaces, a few traditional allotments. Then we've got the the plantation, which is the the orchard, which we're now sort of increasing that, that sort of better diversity in there rather than mowing it. And then the river area and Phil's project with the, um, the tree plantation as well you know it's, it's awesome it's a really cool place to be
0: so everything's starting to bud and and get ready is there anything else that we should be doing well now? we
1: talked about bare root and sort of last knock-ins of bare root fruit bushes and trees um, again last knock-ins really to get your, your fruit bushes pruned back so the three Ds dead diseased and damaged you know when I'm talking about fruit bushes blackcurrants uh, gooseberries that kind of stuff obviously your raspberries are a different story but cut them back sort of a quarter to a third to a bud you know just above a growth point and cut out any obviously damaged dead or diseased wood that's in there and that'll give them a real chance and for a good crop this year.
0: They're always the ones I look to because they tend to come out early. They, do, they bud they? early yeah, yeah, yeah. and they flower early. And I always look to them and oh, there's a bit of hope. Yeah. I'm looking forward to those. No,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. You see my neighbours have um, been hard pruning some of his, his, his fruit trees at the back there. Unfortunately, the famous cherry tree is, is an ex cherry tree and, oh. and needs to come down completely. Don't know what disease it caught, but yeah, it wasn't look very, very well. happy. No, and to be yeah. fair, he never actually got a cherry off it. Well, there was always lots of cherries on it. And they were perfectly ripe when the blackbirds ate them all. Yeah. <laughs> which I didn't give him any grief about at all. I've
0: got the same. I've got a cherry tree. I've got a fan cherry tree. And, yeah, it always looks absolutely beautiful when mm. it comes into blossom.
1: Oh, gorgeous. And element. I don't
0: know there's fruit there, but, but I think we've probably had one or two. Really? Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I had a good crop of them last, last year and took a picture of myself eating them. Oh, well done. Yeah, which he was really cross about. <laughs> I
0: bet he was. <laughs> Thanks so much, Steve. It's no, really thank good to you. catch up with you. Looking and forward to catching up again. So much to talk about. Looking forward to this month and looking forward to April even more so.
1: Thank you very much. Cheers, Steve. Take care.
0: Growing Together. New every month and always online at shineradio.uk. Queen of the Borders I wanted to get a head start because I don't think I did the previous year King of the Allotments So I've always been keen on gardening, forever Petersfield Gardening Royalty Growing Together on Shine Radio Give it a go this year, you never know and we're here on hand if you have any questions Growing Together with Claire Venice and Steve Amos New every month and always online at shineradio.uk